0: testing out a new microphone with the intro today and in today's episode we you know we've done a couple episodes on mental health and so I thought it'd be good for us to have an actual professional come on and talk about mental health and just different topics and trends going on. Um, it was really exciting interesting conversation. Her name is Beth Herrera. Um, I will link to her Instagram and Facebook in the show notes for this episode. um, And I really enjoyed the time. I hope you do too. Welcome to Little Pod That Could. Today, my guest is Beth Herrera. She's a counselor extraordinaire here in Salem. Beth, thanks for being here
1: you're
0: welcome thanks for having me i'm excited because you know i've done a couple mental health podcasts and i mean i think it is important to have the conversation so i figured it'd probably be smart to have a professional on too to talk about it instead of just talking to my friends and other people about mental health so i appreciate you being here today and um, for the listeners, maybe you could do like a little bit of the backstory. Like we do have a little bit of a history together. We, you know, I knew you when you were in high school, that's how old I am, <laughs> but, um, maybe could you kind of talk about, I, I'm not really after that, I didn't really, you know, follow the journey as closely. Yeah. So maybe kind of fill us in on what happened after high school.
1: Yes. So after high school, um, so I graduated with the full intention of being an elementary school teacher. Um, I went to Lane and Eugene for two years and then transferred um, to Oregon State to do that to be elementary ed, that was my major. And then um, while I was at Oregon State, I was in like my first term of actual education classes and I was like, yeah, I'm not loving this anymore. Um, so I went and spoke with an, an advisor there, I don't remember his name, but he was great. And it was like, yeah, I'm just not loving it. I am sort of having an identity crisis because this is what I thought I was going to do forever. And now I don't know. And so he just asked me, like, well, what was it that drew you to teaching? And I was like, well, my teachers were always my biggest support system growing up. Like, I had, you know, lots of family stuff that went on. And my teachers were kind of my steady, steady eddies. And he was like, okay, so it sounds like it's more about being a support rather than, like, Imparting knowledge. And I was like, well, yeah, actually. And he was like, well, why don't you think about counseling? And so then I was like, okay, I slept on it. And then I think the next day I emailed them to change my major. Um, so then I changed it to human development um, with human services option. And then I minored in psychology. And then after that, I applied to grad school, because you have to go to grad school to do this. Um, And it kind of was one of those things where I applied to two programs. I was like, okay, if I don't get in, I'm going to work for a little bit and then hopefully get in later. But I got into Fox. So, yeah. And then it just felt felt like it was what I was supposed to be doing. So I'm really glad that I went and met with him instead of just pushing through. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Now, did you have like a – close like was that a mentor for you was like someone just kind of randomly in the system
1: he was just kind of like our assigned advisor like by last name I think wow yeah he was cool like
0: that yeah that, that impact on your life that's crazy okay and so now you've been here as a counselor for four years
1: yeah so I graduated in spring of 15 you have to do um like a practicum for a year so i was practicing for a year before i graduated technically um like at a clinic in corvallis um as a registered or as an intern and then once you graduate you're a registered intern so yeah
0: hmm. okay <laughs> and do you have like a specialty so like what kind of work do you do Are you say general counselor you see lots of different people types of people or do you like specialize
1: it's a great question. Um, it's definitely changed over the past five years. Um currently, I would say most of my clients are like young adults, teenagers. I have a ton of high schoolers. Um, young adult. I think probably because I'm, you know, early 30s, and so I just kind of attract that age group. But sure. um anxiety is definitely the biggest specialty that I have. Um, one, because it's so prominent. And two, because I find that um, it's really interesting to treat and learn kind of all the new research and things like that. But I have, I mean, I've got kind of a wide range. My oldest client is 72, and my youngest client's a freshman in high school. And um, yeah, I would say anxiety is the biggest specialty. But I do kind of, I treat trauma, depression, um, bipolar disorder, Yeah, what else is there? ADHD, kind of
0: everything. So now anxiety seems, that's an interesting thing because I would say I didn't have a label for it until I got older. And then I kind of realized that I had a lot of social anxiety. I just, I just always realized I didn't like to be out in big groups of people, especially if I didn't drive. I felt, made me feel really nervous. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. You are, look at you, look at me. (laughs) Don't be counseling me right now. All right. So anyway, but, um, I I know, you know, there wasn't a label on that. And so I kind of wonder if it always was kind of, because it seems like it's much more uh, prevalent today. But it's, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, did it always exist, but maybe we just didn't have a label for it and we weren't as aware. I feel like people today are much more aware of their feelings. And I think that, you know, so I kind of feel like maybe it, it always existed, but it just wasn't. Mm -hmm. there wasn't a label on it. Do you you agree with that? Yes. Okay.
1: So I think that um, there are a lot of kind of factors that play into that. But um, generationally, so if we think about like our grandparents, parents, whatever, you didn't really acknowledge that you had anxiety. It was like if you were nervous or whatever it was, you just kind of had to get over it and deal with it. Or it was labeled as other things. So in kids, it's labeled as being like difficult that kid's difficult when really it's probably an anxiety issue. Um, And so I think that probably with social media and all the other things that have played into the past, you know, decade that people are getting more and more comfortable with talking about the things that they're dealing with. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I have clients that come in and they don't exactly know what the issue is, but something doesn't feel right. Or they have a, you know, adverse response to things or whatever. And I'm like, well, it really sounds like anxiety. And it's like, oh, I didn't ever know that's what this was. I think of anxiety as like, you know, you're nervous all the time and you're shaking in the corner and it's like everybody's different. So social anxiety, um, avoidance is another really common symptom of anxiety that people don't attribute to that.
0: And what's avoidance?
1: So like procrastination. So um, I know that I have a bunch of bills to pay, but I'm not going to do that because um, I don't want to, see how much money i don't have Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna avoid it until i get you know notices and all the other things Mm. and that's usually an anxiety related thing okay um the other thing too is like not our we tend to be pretty minimizing so like you know we tell our parents we're having a hard time with something and their immediate response more often than not is like you're okay Just buck up and do it. It'll be Mm -hmm. fine. Instead of like, okay, let's talk about it. Um, And so I think we all learned growing up that like you just dealt with it. Right. And that was what you're supposed to do. And you didn't have to label it and you didn't have to worry about it. And you sure as hell weren't going to talk to you.
0: So what do you think has caused the shift because i was actually surprised you mentioned social media and i am also one of the people that doesn't think social media has been this negative terrible it was interesting to see like you kind of frame it in a way that it's actually helped people be better at sharing how they feel because i think net net it's been positive it's had a more of a positive effect but i'm wondering you know what do you think has been the driver for this change like why has it become more acceptable for millennials even some like Gen X people to be more um, vocal about how they feel and be more vulnerable with their emotions?
1: Yeah. um, Also a great question. I mean, I think that social media is one of those things that can be positive or negative depending on how you're using it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I think it's positive in that sense is that like a lot of celebrities, for instance, like we're, you know, so how many people are obsessed with the lives of celebrities? Well, a lot of celebrities are opening up about going to therapy right? or just like mental health struggles and athletes. That's mm-hmm. been a huge shift in the past year or two. Is like, like
0: Kevin Love. Talking yeah. About having panic attacks. Yeah, yeah. And
1: like really coming forward. And he has a whole fund. Like he's got a, you know, he's got a nonprofit to support people for mental health and, um, Andrew Luck like it's just been a huge shift and I think that there's not um, as much of the stigma around it and it's like we're all just human and like trying to survive and life's pretty freaking hard sometimes mm-hmm. and um, there is a lot of pressure too that I think adds to anxiety which is like that comparison piece which is the side of social media I think especially with teenagers um, causes problems is like this person has all of these things, and I need to have those things. Or look at their body, mm-hmm. um, look at what they're eating, look at how often they're exercising, blah blah blah.
0: Which it's interesting because, like, I mean, as you get older, you can kind of see like, oh, they're just fronting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the comp- it's a lot of a lot of what's happening there isn't super genuine, and so sure. it's hard though for you know people that aren't fully developed, the kids, to be like, oh, compare themselves. But I mean that side of it, I definitely see as being a negative, but I, I have a hard time. People blame social media like, Oh, well it's causing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, Cause I do think net net it's been positive, but, um, shoot, I was going to ask something more about the anxiety piece. It'll come back to me. Uh, what do you think about the current state of mental health? I am interested because I, you know, I kind of asked like, what do you think, can you put your finger on like, what, has caused this shift like what is it about you know the last I would say probably 10 to maybe 15 years I I feel like there's sort of a shifting in what's happening and it is becoming more acceptable to admit hey like I have struggles with this and you know and like you were saying athletes and celebrities and but like what has been the driver for causing that change do you have do you have any perspective on that
1: I mean my guess would just be kind of a shift and like increase encouragement of increased self-awareness so like how the feelings that we're having and how those have an effect on others and vice versa um I yeah that's it's a really interesting phenomenon because um it really does feel like it just happened and there's been I know there's been a lot of research too just around like trauma-informed care which may have played into it too so that's the idea it's um it's this idea that like the people that we come into contact with are not intentionally trying to like make lives hard or be difficult so it it's really really prevalent in schools right so like you see a kid come to school and they're labeled as the bad kid because they're acting out mm-hmm. all the time when trauma-informed care is saying like okay let's take a step back and say like why why what does their home life look like? What are the things that they're dealing with? Um, you know, there's so much that we don't know. And so trying to kind of frame things in terms of there's a reason behind it. Like you're not just choosing to have social anxiety. You're not choosing to um, be difficult or to not go engage at the um the social event because you just want to be difficult it's like there's a reason behind it and I think that maybe that's part of it is we're trying to have more of a like understanding framework um I also know that there's been a really big flux with like Brene Brown I don't know if you've read any of her stuff Mm-mm. she's oh if I could like choose my own like aunt okay I love her so much, but she's written a few books. I think Oprah was the one that like originally kind of brought her into the world, but her whole research is about, and like Ted Talks, she does a lot of those. Um, Her whole research is about shame and it's just really relevant to everybody because we all have this like trauma history of some capacity. Like some of us have this really huge, significant thing that happened to us, which is, you know, big T trauma is what it's called. Um... But all of us have something that affected us in a negative way.
0: And it it seems like, you know, I'm getting old, so perspective really matters. But it seems like even if you had something that maybe we wouldn't consider to be this massive trauma, depending on how that that person interprets it, it could have been much more traumatic to them than what we would have expected. Is that accurate?
1: Yes. And that is that whole trauma-informed piece is like – It's not anybody else's job to tell us what's traumatic to us. And it's kind of not our job either. Like, our brains respond in a way that isn't something we can control. Um, And so it could be something that happened to you that you're like, oh, that was totally minimal to me, but it really had a significant impact on me. And yeah, there's no, there's no like correct gauge for that. It's just all about our interpretation and um, kind of how it had an effect on us. So I hear that a lot is like, well, that wasn't really that traumatic. And I'm like, you're talking about it. And it was 32 years ago right. this thing happened. Right. And like, you're crying when you're talking about it. I feel like that was sort of traumatic. And I think it's because the label of trauma is so associated with like going to war or having like some really huge murder happen in front of you, which is absolutely all trauma. But it also can be a car accident that happened when you were five years old or... Um, an argument that you witnessed between your parents when you were little or your brother punching you in the face when you were 12. Like it, the, all of these things could 100% be trauma.
0: See, and one of the things that's difficult for me to understand about mental health too is that it is so in like, uh, predicated on people's interpretations of things and how they perceived things and so it almost like, you know, like if you go to the doctor and they're like, oh, you have a broken arm or you have cancer or, you know, like it's very clear cut in the diagnosis and the treatment for that. But with mental health, it's it's a little bit of a different game. And so when you're trying to figure out how to help someone, like it, how difficult is that? Because some of it is a little bit it's not as clear cut.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so great. And in grad school, that was really hard for me because it was like. Okay, but, like, what do I do? And there's no there's no right or wrong. And it's so much of, like, we always joke, like, we therapists joke that, like, if you ask five therapists the same question, you might get five different answers. Um, but, I mean, we've got kind of basic... Frameworks for things like, you know, with anxiety, for instance, there are my favorite like coping skills that I usually try with most people and just see how that goes. But yeah, my approach is different with everybody. And whenever I get a client that's in the medical field, I'm at intake. I'm like, okay. this is not like your normal A plus B equals C. This is going to be. I need you to have some patience and like trust the process because it's not. It's not what you're used to. It's going to be kind of uncomfortable. It's not as tangible. Um, yeah, it is. It's very very gray.
0: Hmm. Okay. And who like? What's your who? Would, if you if I had to ask like who should see a counselor? Would you say everyone should or like? just specific like should they be doing it all the time should they just go difficult seasons of their lives like what's the what do you think the I don't know like the standard of care like the health the healthy amount or like you know like what would that look like
1: yeah so yes I do think everyone would benefit from going to a counselor or therapist um honestly just because like It's a person that listens to you for an hour without doing what our friends and family do, which is trying to fix it, um, trying to minimize it, trying to whatever. Like you're, it's just a completely different dynamic because we're a completely neutral person. So you don't have to worry about our feelings. You don't have to worry about there being any. like strings attached you know like you have a conversation with your mom about how you're having a bad time and because she's your mom and she loves you she may continue to talk to you about that at any given moment or send you text messages throughout the day about how maybe you should try this thing or she read online that this thing could help depression or whatever and it's like all that's lovely but I don't think that it's my job to fix my clients um and so it's more about just providing like. Honestly, a space for them to be able to process what they need to process. And who doesn't need that in one way or another? I definitely think, too, that if you're finding that there's something that is coming up for you a lot, whether that's like a situation, a feeling, um, patterns in relationships, whatever, that that could be a good indication, too, that there's something that you need to work through. Um, And then obvious things like, you know, I'm having panic attacks every day. Um, I don't I'm so depressed. I don't want to get out of bed. Like, absolutely consider talking to somebody. Um, But it doesn't have to be that. And I think that maybe that's part of that shift, too, is that um, we're no longer when we hear like, oh, I have my appointment with my therapist. It's not like, well, what's wrong with you? You seem fine. It's like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Who do you see? Here's who Mm -hmm. I see. Um, And so I think that that, too, is a little bit more of the shift is, like, it doesn't have to mean that you've got some really significant problem. That you're broken. Yeah. 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 Hmm.
0: Now, do you... Because you mentioned there, you know, like, you're neutral, but it seems like it would be difficult to not get... Especially if you, like, see people, you know, frequently to not get attached and care about the outcomes. And so how do you navigate that?
1: Sometimes that's hard, but... um, I mean, I think that it's, like, just being really aware of it. And, you know, there are a lot of professional boundaries that are set up, obviously. But, um, like, an example of that would be, so, like, if you were my client and you came in and you were complaining about your brother. Well, I don't know your brother. And I'm only hearing your side, but I don't need to hear his side. Where, like, if you complain to someone who knew both of you, then you have to kind of weigh that into it and um you just don't have that problem like there's you don't have to worry about me telling someone oh turner and da da are fighting mm-hmm. like you know you don't have to worry about any of that mm-hmm. and so um but yes it is hard it is definitely hard um I have found myself a few times when people are telling me you know their stories about hardships and things where I'm like man I really hate your person for you like obviously I don't say that but yeah people are you know but hurt people hurt people. I think is also my frame of reference with that. So, but yes, yes, it's hard sometimes.
0: And you know, so if you if you're saying that everyone should kind of see a counselor, for first of all, I was always wondering, do therapists talk to other? Do they have someone they see?
1: I saw my therapist today. Okay. Yeah, um, I go a couple times a month. Sometimes only once a month, but yeah, it's a good tune-up, and we obviously as therapists deal with a lot of heavy stuff and it's nice to just have a space to process with other people, um, who kind of get it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, all of my friends who are therapists I think are in therapy too. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of the norm, I guess.
0: Hmm. And how would you, you know, if someone was looking to find a good therapist and a good fit, like what kind of things should they be looking for?
1: So, um, today.com and then it's like find a therapist link on there. That's a really good place to start because you can narrow the search results down by a lot of things. Um so the first thing would be are you wanting to use insurance? Um then you narrow it down by that. And then you can narrow it down by like I need to see somebody for my anxiety. I need to see somebody that's a woman. I need to see somebody that is um you know, of a Christian background. Um, and so it's more about narrowing it down in that sense. And then I always tell people to like, if it doesn't feel right, that's okay. Nothing irks me more than people are like, I tried therapy once, it didn't do anything. I'm like, okay, well, we unfortunately don't go home with you. And like, tell you to use all the coping skills and things so it didn't do anything because what did you do is question one but question two is like well maybe it wasn't a good fit did you contact anyone else because we're all individual people with all different approaches and so that's at intake I always tell people like if you don't feel like this is a good fit you cannot hurt my feelings I want it to feel like it's helpful and not a waste of time so just let me know and I you know provide referrals or whatever but um on psychology today everybody has a bio and so you can kind of get a little bit of a feel. Um, social media also, like a lot of us are, um, you know, Facebook pages, Instagram pages, and kind of feeling people out in that sense. You can also ask for a consultation. So that's just like a, you know, 15, 30 minute meet and greet sort of situation um, where you can see if you feel like it's a good environment good fit things like that.
0: And what do you think about these um these apps like mm. BetterHelp and stuff like that? What what's your take on those?
1: I mean, I'm kind of old school and that I feel like there's so much that can come from being face to face with somebody. And so that's not very like my generation of me, but um I mean, obviously that's better than nothing. But I do think that there is an argument to be made for like sitting with another human being and seeing receptive body language and um, being able to have, you know, like tone of voice,
0: all those things. Do you think that's shifting at all? Because I mean, kids today are more used to communicating, you know, through technology and through different devices. Do you think that maybe, because sometimes I think, well, maybe I'm, because I agree with that too. And I feel like, when I'm doing podcasts, it's, they're much better in person than when I'm calling someone on the phone or whatever. It's the same things. Like, you know, I need to be able to see the reactions. And um, But at the same time, I'm like, well, maybe it's because I'm old. You know, maybe it's, maybe <laughs> if I had a grown-up being able to communicate text-wise and interpret that, because, you know, I'll say now, well, texting is a terrible way to, like, if you're trying to have a serious conversation, you should definitely not text because it's not a good form of communication. I can't judge tone of voice. I can't judge body language, all that. But then I'm like, well, if I had a grown up communicating that way, maybe I would be better at it.
1: Maybe, um, and that again, that's hard too because I'm, you know, I'm definitely younger than you are, but I'm not oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> like texting didn't come out until I was like a junior in high school, I think. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely like all my teens. I always give them the um, text crisis line because I'm like, I want, I would rather you text it than not do anything. But if they find it helpful, then I guess like if people find these apps or whatever helpful, then great. Um, Am I going to always vote for in person? Yes. And even if I have to do like a phone session with a client, I will totally do it. And it's totally doable, but it's just not the same. And yeah, I don't know. I think there's just something to be said for like that, that connection. And also like modeling the ability to have a conversation without a screen also is pretty important. I think for like the younger generations.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, what are some things people could do? Like do you have some suggestions for people if they need to take care of themselves, like some good self care suggestions?
1: Mm, I've got all the self care. I mean, my biggest thing lately has been, um, like, self-care isn't selfish. I feel like that's everywhere. But I cannot tell you how many times a day I say that to people because they're like, well, it just feels selfish to take time for myself. I hear this especially from parents. And you really, like, if you're not taking care of yourself, how are you going to have the capacity to take care of other people? Um, and why are we always putting ourselves on the back burner? And so I think that that would be my number one suggestion is, like, check in with yourself and say, like, okay, what do I need? Um, sometimes it's something simple, like I need to watch a funny movie or I need to watch a couple episodes of my favorite Netflix show. And sometimes it's more complicated. Like I need to change careers. I am miserable at work, um, or in my relationship or whatever it happens to be, but really, really checking in with ourselves and just saying like, what do I need? What are my needs? So that would be number one.
0: Okay.
1: Number two, therapy. Okay. Um, And then, you know, all the other stuff that you're supposed to do, like moving your body.
0: um, Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What's your take on like exercise and diet and how that relates to mental health?
1: Yeah. So again, that's really um, argued a lot. I think the biggest um, takeaway that we have so far is that moving your body, not necessarily for weight loss, but just like moving your body, your body wants to move, um, is positive. Like endorphins are released. We know that on like a scientific level. Um, diet, I am not, I am so anti-diet, um, and I actually, I just read a book that, like, it was so good, because it was all based on, like, research, um, Health at Every Size by Dr. Linda Bacon, Okay. which I thought was an amazing name, (laughs) Yeah. Um, but she talks a lot about, like, cereal dieters and how they're actually, at the end of these, you know, like, 10-year longitudinal studies, they weigh more because of all the- yo-yo dieting and stuff. But I think that, um, if you're dieting or you feel like you need to diet, if you have anxiety about not dieting, that is a clue to check in and say like, okay, what is it that I'm trying to do?
0: I guess when I said diet, I just meant like what you eat, like what kind of foods you're eating. Yeah.
1: So obviously greens, whole grains, fiber, all those things are good. But I also am a big, like what's going to create less stress and so if you need to have, like, Taco Tuesday, then have Taco Tuesday and live your life. But I definitely, like, eat cake, and I support people that do that.
0: Okay, now, what if they have a sugar addiction? Because I would say, I feel like I have a pretty <laughs> strong sugar addiction. I mean, don't we all, though? I mean, yeah, but, like, what, I mean, do you, I, I was just kind of curious, like, for my own selfish reasons, like, what, what do people do to, because, I mean, I'll see. I'm like okay. I'm not. I'm gonna eat good. I'm gonna eat good. And then it's like someone, someone brings candy to work. Oh, I mean mm, you know like, mm-hmm. is there? What can, can you help me? What can I do to yeah. avoid the sugar?
1: I mean, it sounds like you need to detox off the sugar. Okay. Which means you're gonna be miserable and have headaches and be really grumpy. Okay. So um, like you're
0: saying, just go sug- No sugar. No. For how long?
1: No, I'm definitely not saying that. Oh, okay. Like in a perfect world, yeah see how your body responds without sugar. I think the biggest piece is, like, noticing how much different your body feels if you don't have it, you know? And then it's more about, like, okay, sugar doesn't have to be this thing that I can't have, but I feel better when I don't have a ton of it. Um, But I guess I just don't feel equipped to, like, help you with that because I also... I like a good, you know, cookie. I like a good baked good. Okay. All right. So okay. I'm not well the best. Well, then we better not go out anywhere together. Yeah.
0: We, you know, we could...
1: Yeah. Not the best like anti-sugar person.
0: Okay. All right. Sorry. Oh, no, not at all. Failing so you. what about, uh, what are your thoughts on hypnosis? Oh. See, I just wanted to hit the whole gamut yeah. of all my.
1: I don't know a ton about it. There are a couple people in Salem that do hypnotherapy. I've had a couple clients that did hypnotherapy before switching to like traditional talk therapy and most of them were not about it but that's probably why they came to talk therapy um yeah i don't know a ton we didn't cover any of that in grad school i think it's a really like specialized thing um i mean i feel like everything's worth a shot okay but yeah i don't know a ton about it
0: mm-hmm. um what's the best book you mentioned the what was the, the... Health at Every Size. Okay. What's the best book or podcast you've consumed in mm. the last year?
1: Well, Little Pod that Could,
0: obviously. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> of course, of uh,
1: course. So anything by Brene Brown. Like, literally, I love okay. her so much.
0: Can you give me some of the book titles? There? Yes.
1: So Daring Greatly, um, Gifts of Imperfection, Dare to Lead is the new one, but I have not read that because I think it's more, it's more geared for, like, leadership role people, and I'm not really in that phase right now. Um yeah, so we love her.
0: And she has Ted Talks as mm-hmm. well, so you could mm-hmm. check those out, okay?
1: Yep, yep, yep.
0: What do you like about her so much? Like what if you could
1: She's really approachable, very real. So a lot of the like self-helpy type books feel a little preachy, and I don't ever get that sense from her. It's a lot of like re- very real examples that are relatable but also she's a phd so you're like oh you've done like research on this this isn't just your opinion but also that exact situation happened this morning with me and like oh it, it just um i kind of joke that she sort of like speaks in bumper sticker like she's got all these really good one-liners yeah i love her if she's listening to this by chance please come see me hmm, okay. but yeah she's great and then Podcast. So oh my god, there's so many. Um, but have you considered therapy? That one's good. Um
0: what's that about?
1: It's kind of it's similar to this, but it's like they talk to only therapists, but it's therapists from like all different backgrounds. So every episode is different. Um funny ones. Yeah. Like can it be non-work related? Of course. Okay, absolutely not. Heather McMahon is incredible. Okay. She's a comedian. Okay. And she's hilarious,
0: and so she's just like interviewing people sometimes. Okay,
1: and then sometimes it's just um, about her life. Okay, but yeah, she's really funny. Um, so that's my good self care one too. Is like if I need a good laugh, I'll put that on on my drive to work. Okay. Um, I feel like there's one other one that I've been listening to. <laughs> oh well, Office Ladies.
0: Mm. What's that about?
1: Did you watch The Office? Yeah, of course. You haven't listened to Office Ladies? No. It's Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, and they're going through oh, each episode. What? I
0: swear. What do they do? Are they just talk they, about sto- tell behind the scenes stories. Yes.
1: Oh my so gosh. they'll be like at minute 7:22 there's this thing on Jim's desk and like, this was actually a prop from so-and-so oh and like,
0: my gosh. how have okay, you not I'm subscribing oh
1: my God. immediately
0: after this? Yeah. I, I didn't need to know anything about a sugar addiction. That was, what, that was what I needed from you my today. God, that that's was, your self care. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh.
1: They only have, I think four episodes out so far. So you're not super okay. behind. Okay. What do they do? Um, like one a week? Mm hmm. Oh my God. And they took Thanksgiving off, but it's, yeah, it's pretty great. I'm so excited. I know. I've learned so many new I'm so tidbits. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, okay. Well, I'm really glad I asked that question. There. Yeah. What a, that was okay. your winner. That was it. Uh, what's the best part of doing what you do?
1: I get to take naps on my couch. Which is pretty great.
0: Hopefully not where you're working. No. Okay. <laughs>
1: if I have a break. Um, but other than that, I think probably it's really shifted my perspective like on humans in general. Hmm. I How think, so? Well, I think I'm just way more understanding than I used to be. Like, um, not that I am understanding then people's behavior gets excused necessarily. But like... Um,
0: it's like improved your compassion sort of like ability. You
1: know, when you're, you have these people in your life and you're, you think you have them all figured out and you've decided that like they're difficult or they're spoiled or they're whatever. And then you get to know that like actually we've all got our stuff. Um, and we all could just be a little bit nicer to each other and maybe then be nicer to ourselves. Um, so that's been a big piece is just really kind of. Having a shift in perspective um, and learning that, like, really everyone's got something that they're dealing with for sure. Even, you know, on the outside, the ones that have it all figured out, everyone's got their stuff. Um, Also, I love, you know, having just people be able to progress and, like, their life gets easier. It's such a different job because, like, I don't want forever clients. I don't want my people to stay around. Like, I want you to get better. And sometimes that is a really slow process, and that's okay, but um, sometimes it's not. And so, you know, there's nothing that makes me happier. than When people come in, and they're like, I didn't have any panic attacks this week. And when they first started coming in, they are having one a day. Yeah. And so, you know, I can only imagine how much easier life would be in that sense. But, yeah, most of my job, though, is great. Like, I definitely, if there's anyone out there considering it, um, sometimes, you know, days are not very easy. But for the most part... It's pretty rewarding. Hmm.
0: What's the toughest part about? Hmm. Um, and it even could be like billing insurance, a paperwork yeah, side yeah. or like that.
1: I mean, that's definitely paperwork is lame. Um, but I think probably the toughest part is, well, balancing like all the ethical, legal boundary stuff, because that's also very different than other jobs, and a lot of people don't understand that piece. Um, But also just like having to hear some kind of rough stuff and knowing what, hmm, knowing what I can and can't handle. So, you know, when you first graduate, you're like, I, there is nothing I can't work with. Like, I am so ready to fight the good fight. And then you hear a couple of really hard stories and you're like, well, maybe I don't work with kids anymore (laughs) and maybe I don't, you know, work with people who were in the war because hearing those stories is just too much for me or whatever. Um, so that's pretty hard too. But um, yeah, like the the boundaries thing, that's definitely difficult because like, um, you know, teachers, it would not be weird if like you see your teacher at a restaurant to like go over and chat with them. If I see a client at a restaurant, I'm either trying to leave or really avoid because I don't want there to be any awkward Situation for them not me, but um, HIPAA guidelines all that. So that can be a little bit kind of fuzzy
0: Um, And where can people find out more information about you like where where do you exist on the Internet? I
1: Exist on Facebook. Okay, so Elizabeth her counseling and then on Instagram. It's e h underscore counseling. Okay um, and then I have psychology today too, and that has a link to my website, but my website is just all regurgitated information from everywhere else, so I rarely give that one out because something is pretty boring. But, um, yeah,
0: so if people wanted to contact you, they were interested, yeah, how what would be the best way to do that?
1: Um, I mean, you can probably, I mean, any of those avenues, Psychology Today has like a direct email me, like little page thing in there, um, you can call me. You can DM me, um, email is ehcounseling at gmail.com. So yeah, all of those are good resources.
0: And it's interesting because, you know, it's a, it's sort of weird business to think about marketing, but I mean, at at the end of the day, you are a small business. Yeah. So how do you approach marketing?
1: That has been hard because I did not go to school to be like, The complete opposite, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I went to school to learn how to, like, feel feelings. Yeah, Um, Like, I had to go to therapy for 20 sessions to graduate. Mm -hmm. And now you're asking me to, like, do QuickBooks? What? Um, Which, thank God, my husband does for me. Okay. Bless. Um, But... Yeah. Marketing has been interesting. I found that, um, I've had the most success with like social media ads. So like the Facebook ads or Instagram ads, things like that. And then word of mouth, like I grew up here. Um, and that's been really great is just the support around, um, you know, I went to McKay and I've had teachers send me kids from there. Um, yeah. So, I would say marketing is definitely different, but, um, yeah.
0: So that's interesting because a lot of small businesses, I I would say still are not running social media ads. So it's, it's interesting that you were on that, you got in there almost kind of early, you know, and you're sort of ahead of the curve. Like what, did someone talk to you about that? Did you kind of stumble onto it?
1: No, I think that Facebook just like, was like, Hey, promote this because you've had this many views. And then I saw that it was actually like pretty cheap or it could be as cheap as you needed it to be. Yeah. Um, and so I just started doing it and then I, and you can like really narrow down your, um, audience yeah. too. So yeah, I, I and found this it, to be helpful. Did it
0: convert? I mean, did it lead to people? Coming yeah. Through? Oh wow. Yeah.
1: I had, um, probably like out of all the contacts I got, like maybe 50% actually turned into clients, but, um, Yeah
0: That's still pretty effective I know
1: It was crazy I had I mean I've had a couple Two that like Have Shared like I don't know Like I'm gonna share this With someone else Who shared it with someone else So Mm -hmm. that kind of thing But yeah It was pretty effective Hmm. I would say
0: Interesting Yeah Okay so The Instagram, Facebook Email, Psychology Today All those ways Yeah Okay Cool
1: All the internet All right
0: Awesome. Well, yeah. is there anything else that I missed or anything you want to plug?
1: Yeah, I really just feel like I need to apologize because in 2005, mm-hmm. we made you dance in front of yeah. the entire school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You had to do like an Irish jig, I yeah, think. Yeah,
0: it's still on YouTube. If You if yeah. you can still find it.
1: And social anxiety plus that was probably super fun for you. Yeah. So really sorry about that. Also, really sorry we didn't win the powder puff game for you. And that's why you had to do it. Um, but other than that, <laughs> around therapy, I mean, yeah, I just like if you're considering it, just pull a trigger, you know. And if you decide at any point that it's not for you, then don't do it anymore. That's the best part about this is like you have all the autonomy. So I would say just trying to like I tell everyone like therapy's trendy now. So just try it out.
0: And do you think that's a good thing that it's trendy?
1: I'm hoping that it's like a trend that like turns into a just like foundational piece of like life. I hope that it doesn't fade away. But I think I have this like hope that. The more self awareness we all gain, maybe we'll be nicer humans and like parent our children better and interact with other people better, and so maybe things will get better in general. Um, that's my that's my little therapist hope, but um, yeah, I think that you know self awareness is great, and so much of at least I can speak to my parents, they have zero, like no idea of how their the way they were parented affected them which then affected their parenting, which like, it's so generational. And so the more that we can kind of, um, acknowledge what's going on, what are struggles and then break those patterns. I mean, that's only gotta be good. Right. Yeah. In theory. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my hope is that like self-awareness will continue to be a positive thing, I guess.
0: Hmm. Okay. Anything else? <laughs> well thank you for being here i appreciate yeah. it
1: thanks for having me
0: yeah it was awesome It yeah. wasn't so bad no it was bad all right good cool thanks yeah